0: Welcome to the Manager Tools Podcast for Monday, May 22nd, 2006. Hi, this is Michael Lozan. On behalf of my partner, Mark Horseman and I, welcome to Manager Tools. Today, we cover the second in two podcasts on time management. And if you're new to the show or you didn't listen to last week's podcast, it's probably worthwhile going back and listening to it first. Otherwise, you'll be joining the conversation halfway through and wondering just how we got to this point. To that point, I received some good feedback on last week's show. First, some folks were put off by the fact that the series was cut in two. Some would much prefer to have a self-contained podcast that doesn't span multiple shows, i.e. one show, one topic. Well, Mark and I appreciate that point of view and generally full-heartedly agree. We also tend to let the content dictate the length of the show, and occasionally the length exceeds the 30 to 40 minute show we shoot for. Well, honestly, we want to do a 30 minute show, but almost always fail, so we'll give ourselves a a little slack and say the target is 30 to 40 minutes. In any case, when we do significantly exceed the 30 minute window, we break those long ones into multiple parts. Time management was an example of that. Now that leads me to my second piece of feedback we received, and here I'll have to strongly agree. When the topic is split across multiple shows, identifying that fact up front would avoid the surprise at the end when the show abruptly ends without a conclusion. I didn't do that on last week's show, with predictably disappointing results. Sorry about that, and I will definitely keep that point in mind in the future. So with a strong apology and lessons learned, let's get on with the second part of the Time Management Podcast.
1: Okay, so you're going to come up with a list of five key priorities. And all you gotta do is write them down on a clean sheet of paper. After all that analysis, after all that winnowing or aggregating or glomming together, whatever you wanna call it, clean sheet of paper, five priorities, okay? And then on step three. A rough time analysis, and of course, three A is the Drucker time analysis. And this is, this is kind of a fun part. I, I really like this. Now we're gonna look at your calendar. Um, and, and let's just be clear here. Um, if you don't keep a calendar, if you don't have a schedule You've got no business listening to the rest of this cast and I'm sorry you've wasted your time thus far. Um, not having a reporting slash measurement tool, which is what a calendar is, a schedule is, um, for the most precious resource you have is a gross lack of judgment as a manager. And if you work for me and you thought you'd get away with it, it, it would it would affect your bonus at the end of the year. Um, it is unconscionable in my opinion. Uh, it, it's like a surgeon not tracking her patient success, right? The longevity Mm -hmm. of our patients after, you know, whether they die of sepsis or whether they go on to a healthy, happy life Uh, or literally a company not billing its customers because sending out bills is a form of measuring one's success, right? Um, If you don't do this, you can't call yourself a professional. And I say that because there are 5% of people that don't have one. Well, you know, my assistant keeps it, but I don't really know what it is. I just go from thing to thing. And she keeps on track, keeps me on track. Absolutely unacceptable. (laughs) So, okay, enough. I'm off my soapbox. What I recommend is printing out the last three weeks of your calendar in day view, whatever that is in Outlook or Notes or whatever. Don't, don't print out a month because that month, hopefully, won't show everything you're working on in a given day, <laughs> all the scheduling items. And sometimes even a weekly schedule doesn't do it. So I recommend literally 20, uh, 15 um, days of, of each sheet being one day long so you can see every single thing on your calendar. Okay? Okay. Um, Once you have that, do your best to capture the start and stop time of your workday that day. Now we're gonna go back to step one. Remember, we were thinking about what we were doing during that day. Just having spent a little bit of time thinking about your time a little bit ago will make it easier for you to say, okay, three weeks ago, about what time did I get into work, okay? Uh, Another neat trick you can use on that is if you want, you don't have to, look at your email. Okay, Most managers I know violate the fundamental rule of coming into work, and the first thing they do is they sit down and they do email, which is wrong. That's a mistake. The best time that you have of the day is either when nobody's around, first thing in the morning, or between 7 and 10 in the morning, when your brain is freshest to I me. Mean, uh, every psychologist will tell you you make your best decisions before noon and arguably before 10 a.m. Um, so because most managers are violating that rule, a great way to figure it out is to go back through email, sent, file lo- sent mail logs, mm-hmm. and as long as you're not doing early mail early in the morning the way you used to do at MCI, you look and see what time you sent your first mail and subtract 10 minutes from that and that's when you got into work. Yeah. When I did that to one manager, he says, no, no, I'm here for hours before. And I said, well, this one was sent at 6 o'clock. Oh, okay. Maybe I wasn't here for hours before <laughs> that one. So it, it, it's it, we're using that as sort of a, 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 uh, a proxy. I'm not suggesting it's right, but it just gives us a start and stop to your day, okay? By the way, we're not going to talk anymore about email. If I work with an executive, I will say this, though. When they tell me what their schedule was, I go back, and all the meetings that weren't on their calendar that they say they were in, and then I find emails that were sent during that meeting from their PC – I challenge him and I say, you know what, I've got 15 meetings here that you say you were in that were not on your calendar that were ad hoc meetings, great, and I've got emails, all of them, during all those meetings that you sent. He says, well, maybe, you know, maybe I wasn't in a meeting. Yeah, you weren't. You were sitting at your desk. It's okay as long as you know that when you analyze it. Right. Let's not kid ourselves. Hey, you do
0: an honest assessment. Yes. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you're not yeah. going to be honest with yourself. There's yeah. no sense in going through this.
1: And actually, managers are, I find them to be fundamentally honest and good people, except when it comes to email. Everybody wants to fib. They want to market themselves about how much email they do and how much they have to deal with, but they don't want to admit about how much time it takes them. And it's constant. I mean, every five minutes, people are sending an email, which is an enormous waste of time. So anyway, um, okay, so capture your start and stop time when you came in and when you left work. And now look, if you want to to take that hour that you spent from 9 to 10 o'clock after the kids go to bed, you do email while your spouse is uh, doing her email or his email, fine, no problem. If you want to include that in your day, I'm okay with that. In terms of an analysis, Um, include that in your work time, if you will. Um, And all we're going to do is review each day from coming in to going home in 15 minute increments and write down what you did in those 15 minutes. Now, your calendar will tell you, right, if you're in a meeting or what have you. If you can't remember what you're doing, if you don't have any notes from that, or from step one analysis, that you were in an ad hoc meeting or you were coaching somebody at their desk or you got together for a, a quick meeting with your general manager about a new structure or something like that, write down nothing. I know you weren't doing yeah. nothing, but essentially, this will, the purpose of this is to show you that if you have nothing on your calendar and there's no one focusing your time, you can't claim that it was spent on your strategic priorities. I don't see it happening. Right. I, I, I mean, yeah, okay, 5% of people do. But guess what, folks? Not all of you are in the 5%, right? <laughs> Most of you are in the 95%. And, and I'm guilty of this as well. Don't get me wrong. I, you know, I, I have the same challenge I do when I have unscheduled time. I find myself much lazier. You know, this cast is an example of trying to crunch things into a specific time period as we get better and better and better at putting casts together. Um, so uh, for non-scheduled time... Um, Unless you'll swear that what you were doing was, you know, unless you'll swear to what you were doing. um, And again, be careful about your memory from three weeks ago. Write down nothing. Uh, Now, hopefully you can see where we're going with this. Uh, What we're trying to do is find out what you actually did over the past three weeks and see how it relates to that one page of no more than five key priorities. And what we want you to do when you're done is aggregate them under those five key priorities. And if it doesn't fit under one of the five keys, and don't twist it too hard to fit, right, right. put it over there in another category. If you've got more than five, if you've got a secondary list, I'm not suggesting you break it out into those five at all. Don't worry about that, because we already said three is a circus act, so five you know, is, is more than you need, so ten is just a waste. Don't break them down into the ten. Quite frankly, there probably won't be that many of them, and you'll have one or two things under each under each of the ten. Okay. Make some columns in terms of the five, add it all up, put some percentages next to them, and there you have it. That's kind of how you spend your time. Is it ideal? Is it exact? No. If you want an exact one, do this analysis in three-week increments for the next six months. You cannot get any more accurate about past time than roughly this 15-minute increment thing. Unless you start managing your schedule in advance and breaking your time down. Okay? Okay. Or you can do step three A, which is a Drucker time analysis. Okay, Um, and this is simply using an assistant, which for many managers is not uh, possible, and that's fine, to capture everything you do in 10 minute increments. Your assistant, he or she follows you around and every 10 minutes writes down what it is you're doing. And if you're an executive, that's a dang good way to use your assistant. There is nothing shameful about doing this. Hmm. If you can figure out a way to be 5% more efficient with money that the company spends quarter of a million dollars of you in salary plus another $100,000 in bonus, that is very, very powerful um, use of money and time. Um, now, th- there's, uh, there's, you c- you can also do it yourself. One of the things I did once was, it sounds really corny, but every 10 minutes, I put an alarm on my PDA. Hmm. And it irritated me for the first six hours and then I got used to it. And every 10 minutes, I had a little buzz alarm and I wrote on a sheet of paper what what I was doing. Yeah, it's like a metronome thing. Mm -hmm. It's a random. Actually, the original time studies, they use random samples and you'd carry around a random number generator and it would beep when it came to a certain number and you write down what you were doing and you could you could tolerate that for a period of time sometimes it was six minutes sometimes it was 81 minutes it didn't matter the, the randomness as such gave it a good gave it a good sample but if you do it every 10 minutes you're going to get a good sense some people say mark i can't do the 10 minutes i want to do 20 minutes fine 20 minutes is fine too don't do half an hour don't do 45 minutes you start losing some of the details um you you can use your pda like i did with my trio or you can use a stopwatch if you want and every 10 minutes have it you know, stop, and then you go. Oh, I've got it. You know, and one of those digital stopwatches, you can make a noise. It'll beep for you. Um, it'll irritate you a little bit to do it, but it'll be very, very powerful. So the Drucker time analysis is not looking at your schedule; it's actually doing it going forward for three weeks very powerful lots of data a little bit irritating you'll never forget it as long as you 20 years from now I've had executives say I did this 20 years ago when I was a junior executive I went to a bank and we had a big productivity initiative because costs were being cut and so on and everybody was stunned by what they discovered and they actually had time management experts in there uh, productivity experts in there workflow experts in there just actually telling them the raw data which was yeah you say you're doing X but you're really not um I actually had a unit in the Army that I was running that got s- surveyed by the Army for how productive we were. And we were the most productive unit in the Army that year, and we had 66% productivity. Hmm. Which I-, I was afraid I was going to get fired for. They said, no, no, this is great. It's the most productive I've been to. We found out later it was the most productive in the Army, 66%. So you got dead time, folks. Yeah. Just get used to it. Um Okay. So that's a, that's a more in, in, involved and, it, and it's real time rather than analysis of past. Uh, either one of them works. I don't think you need to do both by any stretch of the imagination because we want results. We want action. This is all analysis. You know, you are not get paid for analysis. You get paid for decisions and results. So what's the results? And the results come in the step four. And there's more to talk about with time analysis, Mike. There's more, there's more analysis and there's more change to be done. But step four, as simple as it is, is the most important thing you can do when it comes to managing your time or let's be more clear managing your priorities or managing your schedule schedule management and that is again this is the prescriptive step um and that is very very simple now you know what you've been doing uh and how off on it is with all your priorities we recommend that you do nothing more than schedule your primary responsibility that's it some people have heard of this big rocks Uh, sort of uh, example that people use where they fill up a jar with sand and small rocks and so on and then you can't fit the big rocks in there and they pour it all out and they put the big rocks in first and then you can put smaller rocks in and so on. That's essentially what we're getting at here. But I'm not suggesting you pick all five. All I want you to do is one because if you pick all five and you try to schedule it and you do what I'm suggesting next, you're going to fill up and you're going to hate it and you're Mm. going to go back to the way you did before. I'm suggesting take this thing in small bites. So pick your first priority and put it on your calendar. It's not critical that you know what you're going to do in each of the blocks that you're going to schedule. Okay? And I, I don't know whether I should tell you to put it for five hours a day or or two hours a day or no more than 90 minutes a day or maybe 90 minutes every three or four days, depending upon what your schedule is. But what I will say is this. Um, in the first week, at least two 90-minute blocks for your primary Responsibility. You don't need to know what you're doing in those primary blocks, in the, that 90-minute block, because the first one, all you need to do is start spending time saying, okay, in this responsibility, what are the things I should be doing? And you use that 90 minutes to the start plan, planning whatever, your time right. around the next 90-minute block. The, the, um,
0: what the key is, though, that, that 90 the, those two 90-minute blocks,
1: it, nothing you're touches focusing on your,
0: on your number yeah. one priority. And
1: if you're really smart, you're doing it between 7 a.m. and 10 a.m. Okay, And I actually recommend that we don't do one-on-ones in that first time in the morning because uh, the value of my mentality is not going to be gained in the one-on-one. It's important for relationships, but it's the creativity, it's the analysis, it's the decision-making skills that I want to leverage, and that's why I tend to schedule that time in the morning. And also, it's a reminder, if you think of it in the morning rather than at the end of the day, you have a much more likely uh, uh, opportunity to get a couple of tasks done in your primary responsibility later in the day because you were thinking about it first thing in the morning. If you think about it at the end of the day, when you're sloppy, when you're lazy, no offense folks, but it's true for me too, if you're not as crisp and you say, okay, tomorrow I'll get to that, then tomorrow comes in and you do that email and somebody else's priority comes up to the top of your mind and you don't get to it. You do it in the morning, that 90 minutes, inviolable time, then later in the afternoon you might have uh, uh, targets of opportunity come up where you can push the peanut forward, so to speak, on your Primary responsibility. Um, and by the way, don't schedule more than 90 minutes at a time for two reasons. One, you won't be effective much working on one thing past 90 minutes. That's what the human brain can take, I'm told. And the second thing is, people will start wondering how it is you're scheduling two hour blocks of time and they'll start nibbling away at it. Mm. 90 minutes, they'll leave you alone on more than that, I find. Organizationally speaking, in the behavior, you know, the organizational behavior I'm observing, um, people will start asking for that time. What are you doing then? You know, can I, can I have half of that? Can you separate it into two hour blocks? Right. 90 minutes, they won't mess with you. Yeah. It seems simple, but just that, knowing what your primary responsibility is and having it on your calendar at least twice every week will make you noticeably more effective. And that's based on the analysis that you're going to do. And, and can we make this kind of a contest? Can we? Sure, sure. So let, let's do this. We offer to the first person who takes the time, and we're, we're, we don't want it done in five minutes, we don't want it cobbled together, We'll offer a book of your choice to the Manager Tools member who takes the time, goes through the steps, uses step three or three A, whichever one, I'd recommend step three, obviously, because you're probably gonna get beat to the punch by somebody else, and be prepared to show us your work and then prepared to either post about it or talk about it with us in terms of your your, your revelations regarding schedule management and your priorities and how you use your time. That'd, that'd be great. Yeah, yeah I'd love I'm, looking, to see I'm it. looking forward to that. Yeah,
0: really, that'd be neat. So it's interesting. I, I I wonder, and maybe we'll get some feedback on this from How many people were disappointed? Because I suspect that many people came to this podcast wanting to know how to get more tasks done in a given amount of time. And what no. we're saying, the manager tools number one principle around time management. Forget it, it's not about getting more things yeah. done in a period of time. It's about getting the most important things exactly. done.
1: Exactly. Yeah, and, and you know what? And, and that relates to my point about when people ask me about, you know, how do I balance work-family? You don't balance it. You go home. It's not about more for work. There, there is no more time. It's about choosing more effectively. You don't get paid the money you're paid as a manager to try to get more. You get paid to get better, which is more efficient around the time that you have. And that's saying no to things. It's strategy and time management are similar in the way that it's about saying yes to one thing and therefore, by definition, saying no to others. And managers sometimes have to say no. No, I know that's important to you, but that doesn't fit into my wheelhouse, and I'm not going to do it. A little bit of pain, a little bit of pinch, long run, you end up worrying about your primary responsibility. Nothing shameful about that.
0: Cool. Okay. I look forward to more of these. Great, thanks. All right, my friend. See you. So there you go. Our thoughts on time management. Let us know what you think on the discussion forums at www.manager-tools.com slash forums or send us a note at show at manager-tools.com. Until next week, have a great one and so long.